<laughs> okay, this is the fourth take of my intro. Um, this is Sitting with Sam. I am Sam. And today I sat with Brandon Klein after about a two-month hiatus. We talked about some philosophy, some... We talked about a lot of things. We talked about for about for an hour, I believe. Brandon is a podcast producer, meditation teacher, leader. Um... He's great. I, I think we had some pretty good chemistry. I think we talked about some interesting things. We jumped around, around a bit, which is to be expected if, from me. <laughs> and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had a really a, a great pleasure talking with Brandon. And um, yeah, look forward for more, more episodes. I have some guests in the pipeline. I have some people I want to talk to. Um, we'll see how it goes. I can't promise anything too soon, but I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Check, check, one, two, three. Hey, hey, can you hear me in your headphones all right? Yeah, beautiful. Right. <laughs> hey, welcome. This is Sitting with Sam, episode three. Brandon, you're my second guest ever. I, so love, the, <laughs> I love the number. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me in the studio. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm glad we could, uh, I'm glad we could do this in my space. Oh, you have such a good podcasting voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, we talked a little, we talked a lot, actually, um, before we start recording, right? Just tell like the, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What brought you here? What, what brought you to this moment in like being a producer, producing podcasts? What happened? Yeah, well, I became passionate uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I started a show in my hot tub, like a hot tub debate satire show. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was watching old home videos like a few months ago because I needed some sketches for a show I was doing and I wanted to like incorporate young home videos. And I got to tell you, I was watching myself as a kid demand screen time from my mother all the time. So my sister would be yeah. in these videos and I'd be like, mom, put the camera on me. <laughs> and she'd be taking pictures yeah. or like want to take pictures. And I'd say like, film me, film me. Like I didn't even get what was pictures and what was film, but it was all about like capture this. Mm. Um, and I think then I forgot that, like my sentient self forgot that. And then I started doing the hot tub stuff and then I realized, whoa, I do love attention. Yeah. But not only do I love attention, I love utilizing this almost immortalization medium of video. Oh yeah. Um, because I have this, I used to have this intense fear of death. Mm. Um, so I love this immortalization project of creating moments that can be relived yeah. and manipulating the medium of video to communicate some kind of sentiment. And so um, over the past year or so, I've tried out different shows from live stream shows to pre-recorded um, things that are candid philosophical all the way to absurd philosophy sketch shows. Yeah. Um, so now in this moment, uh, I've started to have less to say um, and have wanted to and have become obsessed with uh, gear and audio and have now wanted to witness other people creating and just facilitate it for them. So that's kind of what brings us to this moment in a studio um, where I'm curating content for other people. Oh, that's beautiful. Wait, you, you said one thing, if you don't mind, if you can touch on that, you said you had like an immense fear of death. Yeah. What changed? Um, if you don't mind me asking. I don't mind you asking okay. anything, I don't think. We'll, um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it permeated like my entire existence. Uh, I grew up with obsessive compulsive disorder. The obsession was, am I going to die? And then the compulsion was checking in with people to see if they thought I was going to die. Mm. Um, and of course, most of the people I was consulting with weren't doctors. So 
it was an irrational compulsion and yeah. there was no, you know, wasn't actually learning anything. What changed? Well, I read the book Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, um, which like, to be honest, made it made things worse for like a day or two because like I was so aware of, I was so aware of our fateful outcome. Mm. Again, I don't know post the the death moment, but I knew that there that there was at least seemed to be a finality to this existence. And once I began to let that permeate my consciousness, there seemed to be like a little bit of a an essence of peace forming around it. Now, what really changed it was diving into comedy and oh, yeah? absurdity, um, and like almost like acting out my fear of death by incorporating into sketches. For example, for one of my sketch shows. I built a casket and um, had my friends film eulogies for me, and then I played them live while I was in the casket. <laughs> that's I, that's I don't know if that's brilliant. That that is brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> but that's where a lot of like good comedy lies. I feel like it's like it's when you don't know if it's brilliant or absolutely horrible. That's when you know it's, you have something going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I right? don't. I, I don't want to. Tr- when I try to be funny, it's not usually great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd rather be circumstantially funny or bizarre mm-hmm. at the end of the day i want to have fun yeah communicating it then it's up to the mm-hmm. viewer oh i like that yeah. do you think like you okay you were raised were you raised jewish i or? was yeah so i was born into a jewish family by no means like wildly observant but enough to where we observed the high holidays and you know i knew we were jewish mm-hmm. did that at all play into like your fear of death or like how you perceive sort of um the 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 uh, I guess the finite, na- the finite nature of hu- human existence at all. To my conscious knowledge, I don't think it did. Okay. I'm sure. Look, I went to Hebrew school. You know, I was taught certain conceptions of God. Um, there's this idea in Judaism of Adonai Echad. You know, one mm-hmm. uh, God is one. Um, now, but then I, I got to then interpret what that meant. Yeah. What did God look like? What does oneness mean? Is mm. it one being or is it one as in nothing and it's just everything? Um, is everything, you know, so I don't know if that really informed my views on death. I mean, you know, I could extrapolate certain spiritual beliefs, mm. um, from Judaism, but no, the fear of death felt very psychological. It didn't mm. feel like there was anything about it that was religious, uh, oriented by religion. It seemed very much baked into, I mean, if you want to take a spiritual argument, maybe it was baked into my soul, but if you don't have that belief, then it seemed to be baked into my personality. Or just some kind of neurosis. What is your What is your belief about, about the soul? Does it exist? I have no idea. What do you think? What's, your, what's your inclin inclination? If you have one, um, my inkling is that it's a big question. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. n- it's not. It's not. It's not. It's so? fine. It's that what my answer right now is exactly what I believe. There's this there's this idea, and I'm I'm purposely going off on a tangent because there's this idea of this Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel of the ineffable, the things that are so beautiful, awe-inspiring, beyond our grasp that there aren't any words. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go to try and tell you what the soul might be, and any if I try and put words to it. I'll have automatically gotten it wrong, mm. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever, if it does exist, anything I'll utter will have not even gotten close to what the actual thing is. So my belief is that 
I don't have the faculties to describe truth with a capital T, mm-hmm. if there's a such thing. If there's such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, believe, you do believe that, that there's something to be described. Uh, certainly would it cert I certainly wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Um, you know, would you be surprised if there wasn't a soul? No. Okay. You're, you're like either way, it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, because it seems so beyond any grasp. Mm. Um, maybe I'd be more surprised that there wasn't right now. Oh, in really? this moment okay. in time, if okay. you asked me a few months ago, I probably would have been more surprised if there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love the ability to sort of have your mind changed like that in a couple months. I think that's beautiful. I think, um, going on a, on a different tangent now. I think, hmm, I think early. Okay, earlier we touched on a little bit about how like disagreeing is like a really good indicator that you actually get along with someone, right? That you have like a good relationship. And I think, um, okay, where am I going with it? I, I, I think like the ability to have your mind changed to not wanting to hold on to a belief longer than it makes sense to is, is a really great indication that um, you're moving into like the right, maybe the right direction or somewhere at least. Yeah, I think there's two things about disagreeing that I think are useful to like the human endeavor. One is the act of disagreeing and then the other is the content of the disagreement. Mm. So I think like the act of disagreement does something muscularly to the brain or neuronally to the brain um, that that <laughs> evolves us. Um, like to be able to respectfully disagree is it just feels hierarchically like a you know, I don't know if you want to call it a transcendent state of being, but mm. something about it feels like you've progressed somewhere on Maslow's like uh, <laughs> self-actualization uh, scale. It just feels like, oh, wow, you know, maybe we are progressing a bit beyond tribal tendencies if yeah, we can yeah, like yeah. utilize, because that it requires a lot of patience and a lot of discretion, and it does not seem to be our, our go-to innate response is right, it's to not respectfully disagree. Right. No, it would be to like, hurt someone when they say something you don't believe in, (laughs) right? And obviously we've gotten past that mostly. Good. (laughs) But now we're in word warfare. Oh, yeah. um, And emotional warfare. Um, And then the content that you disagree on, and I think you were alluding to this, that, you know, that this isn't always the case, but the truest sentiments are the ones in which ideas are merged. Um, Mm. And and you could definitely push back on what I just said. I could definitely push back on what I just said. But I do think that, yeah, when we can when we can witness what others are saying um, and what we're saying and find ways to pick and pull mm-hmm. some of the inherent truths within each of them, um, we're better off idea wise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna hit you with a big one. You ready? That's fine. <laughs> All right. Truth. What's truth, man? Do you believe there's, do you believe there's some sort of objective truth or do you believe like, Everything's sort of relative. Everything's sort of up to however you want to interpret things. Do you believe that? Okay. Do you believe truth is something that can be observed, like only observed, that can be found, or do you believe it's like, um, it's whatever? Probably not just something that's observed. So I went through this period. Um, this was after. So I, I thought I was going to go to rabbinical school, and I was very much into faith. And then like, can you elaborate on what that is? Uh, rabbinical school. Yeah. yeah so um, a rabbi is like a, uh, 
a Jewish thought and prayer mm-hmm. leader. Um, so like, uh, yeah, basically like the spiritual leader in a yep. Jewish community. Um, and you go to school for it similar to like you'd go to a PhD program in something. Mm-hmm. It's like a five or six year program and you study text, um, yeah. you spend a year in Israel, that kind of thing. Um, usually, um, but yeah, so I was, I was really into the idea of faith, but then all of a sudden a, uh, a switch flipped and I like went the complete other way. Mm. And I was just like, there's no, u- there's no utility in faith. Um, truth can only be observed. What was that switch? If you do, you know, was it like a con- was it like a conscious? Uh, yeah. What was it? <laughs> I mean, I was reading Sam Harris's End of Faith, I, which is a book by Sam Harris. I wrote um, a letter to a Christian Nation by Sam Harris. You read that? Yeah, and yeah. Free Will by him. I read yeah. that as well. I read both of those as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Sam Harris, on a side note, but then I'm going to go back. Sam Harris is a meditation instructor, too, so that's how yeah. I got into Sam. Oh, um, okay. Because I teach yeah. meditation. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I thought, it, you know, I read his book, as, uh, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion, Waking Up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, fa- I found that to be fascinating because I find the meditation world is often uh, uh, inculcated with kind of ideas that are just spouted um, without thought about. Yeah. Um, but we can come back to that because I didn't even articulate that all, all, all that well. But the truth thing, I've I've more just kind of just been like, because I was so cocky during that time period. I really was yeah. an ass. Like I don't I don't really looking back. I have I am prouder of the person I am today than the one I was then. Um, like it impacted the way I was in a romantic relationship. Mm. Um, I wanted to change people. I wanted to convince them that mm. they're like I had figured it out right. I figured out what truth was. You're the one who has it. Which is huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, who am I to not right. make sure? Um, and it was just like, yeah, I, I had, like, found a gold nugget. And so now I'm a little bit more reserved with my proclamations mm-hmm. of what I know. I think that's wise. I think that's wise. Yeah. So truth, yeah, I don't know. If there is one, I don't know it. Um I think there are things that seem to be better for us than others, behaviors and thought patterns. Mm-hmm. I try my best to act those out and communicate them when I can. The The thing that gets me is like, if truth is like this objective thing and it makes everything easy, right? Because you can observe it, you can follow it. It is there. And if you don't follow it, then it's kind of up to you. you, it, you it can be found. And if it's not like this objective thing, we still have some sort of inclination of what's right and what's wrong, right? Everybody does it, but it might be slightly different. So then how can you say that one is better than the other, right? Right. Which I think is actually one of the, I, I don't know if we talked about this earlier. I talked with someone about it, but I think like the moral argument that this kind of very, <laughs> very vaguely sort of alludes to is one of the better arguments for God. Because if there is God, there's, sort of objective truth as far as you know um christianity would say and i'm I'm guessing judaism um but if there is no god then this sort of question of what is right what is wrong is a little bit um this relativistic concept and sam harris might probably disagree yeah he would disagree he would yeah Yeah. but i would probably disagree with him (laughs) sure yeah um yeah. Well, okay. So again, what gets me is this thing that we obviously have a feeling of what's right and what's wrong. There are things that are better and there are things that are worse. Um, 
but there are better or worse compared to what? You know, like, is there sort of, is there a scale? We measure it by something. And what gets me is like, what is that thing? Like, is it only, is it evolutionarily? Are we evolved to like feel this thing? Which I guess that makes sense. Well, um, you, the, you, see, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what right? you're saying. Okay. I'll try my best to, to flush it out. I mean, the, the first answer is I don't know. Mm. Um, so we'll start there. That's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. The, se the second answer is, well, okay, I think our moral compass um, evolutionarily would want to optimize our chances for survival. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so if we don't kill someone, um, we're less likely to be killed by someone that that person knew in retaliation. Mm -hmm. um, so that, I don't know that <laughs> if that's true, but that is that feels true to me, right? So it seems... Uh, better to not uh it seems better to not go um ending people's lives mm -hmm. so that your life isn't ended in retaliation and for you to behaviorally not do that is to then say you right because if you're behaving like the golden rule think of others what you would want done to yourself right so yeah, yeah. okay i don't go doing that to someone that's not gonna happen to me i want to survive they survive uh that's better and then i you know i also think we evolve for social cooperation you know, wanting, understanding that it, what is best for us is to is to cooperate, and so morality often will have to do with how we treat others and what we do. Um, a yeah. lot of like the moral conundrums, like the trolley problem, those oh, yeah. kinds of things, are all based on like what do you do for others. Um, so I think a lot of it can be measured in terms of our evolutionary, uh, um, you know, what's what serves our survival yeah, and yeah. what serves our emotional utility while we're here. What gives us the best life? And so I think there are some certain things there um, with morality that that are probably programmed into us to help us get by in this life. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Now, some people have those uh, psychologically have those switches off, like right. psychopathic yeah. tendencies, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it seems like different cultures also have slightly different ideas of what's right and wrong, or good or yeah, good or bad, right? I mean, if we look at like even just humans, human rights wide human rights wise we, we can't really seem to agree on like on what's good or what should be like the basic thing that we have that we afford humans um if yeah we, right yeah which is which is super weird because uh, um th those societies i mean that we just evolved differently <laughs> based off of where we were sort of stationed it's so you know it's like it's really that's a that's one of those things like I wish there was just like an answer. Like yeah. A simple. I went through a period where I really wanted an answer too. Mm. Yeah. So where are you at now? You're not there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> There's no utility in knowing. No, there probably is. <laughs> but like, it just, it, I just, I carried around so much angst or. or oh yeah, yeah, angst. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I like saying angst because I, I feel good. I heard someone the pronounce it that way once and I yeah, felt. It, that's it, how it's pronounced. Yeah, German. I know. Yeah, yeah. It felt nice to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah, I just like, again, that's the comedy, the absurdist in me. Oh, I like, okay, I like It's like, yeah. we just laughed when I said that. <laughs> it really, it, there was a release. Oh, valve, yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. And like that, for me, that felt like it had more utility uh, than me pontificating mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. That's just what my brain told me to do yeah. was to say, I don't care. Okay. Right? <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. I well, that. I don't know if it is, but you I, know. I think it is. Well, that's good. All right. <laughs> Okay. All right. You said you said earlier you read Free Will by Sam Harris. Yeah, you, a while ago. What'd you think? Do you remember what you? 
Did it change your mind at all? What was your okay? What was your opinion before? Did it at all change? My after? opinion was before was I hadn't thought it through at all. Okay. I probably thought like colloquially, like, oh yeah, well, yeah, we have some. What was my Sam's argument was that we, there's no such thing. Oh yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was brilliantly written. I think mm-hmm. he's brilliantly argued. I think probably the more time that has passed, the more holes I've seen mm-hmm. in a lot of his arguments in general. Oh, really? Probably, yeah. Especially the ones on like the the, the morality side yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was most intrigued by was the fact that so many of our behaviors and actions are triggered by neurons firing in the brain before the behavior happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those experiments are brilliant. Yeah. So I had a hard time arguing for free will when considering that um, neurological reality. Yeah. Now, yeah. it could be that those neurons are being fired by a god or a simulator and then we're behaving and we need to have the illusion of free will in order to feel like we have meaning. And that could be. It could be that the neurons are firing by happenstance. No God, no simulator. They just fire. But if either of those are correct, there still doesn't seem to be, quote, free will. Right. Unless right. we are the ones firing the neurons. But then why are we firing them the way we're firing them? You know? And I don't even know how <laughs> it would take firing them to fire them. Right, right. So I, 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 I don't see a way linguistically uh, to to refute his argument i've heard a lot of i've heard a lot of like holes poked into the morality argument um i've personally not heard a single good argument for free will myself especially yeah that has convinced me let's say yeah so there's good arguments same page yeah there's i guess there are good arguments um the biggest thing about free will is is just the fact that we feel as though we have it right that's (laughs) that's the biggest sort of um plus that free will has on its argumentative side i feel like it just intuitively it's so obvious that we have it right right and well, I, I think we've been tricked sure, sure by who right <laughs> right right i mean this whole sentience thing is a trick i mean it's a it's a it's the biggest practical joke uh, elaborate if someone something a being came mm-hmm. up with this I mean, they have a wicked sense of humor, <laughs> and they're they're really getting something out. Yeah. Uh, to to have something to to bring something into existence, give it the knowledge that it's in existence, and and have them find out on their own that that existence is going to end. I mean, it's beyond comprehension for me. I just can't even believe that That's, would be that would be developed. Some dark humor. Yeah, well, for sure. <laughs> Which is why I love dark humors because it's the closest thing to truth. Mm. Like that, when dark humor is conveyed, that is, that feels like existence. It feels real, right? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. I love that. There's one, there's another thing I wanted to say about the free will thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another argument, I think... <clears throat> There's this guy, I think Alex O'Connor. He yeah. goes. He, I was going to ask you if you're the Cosmic Skeptic. Oh, channel. I love this. I guy. had a I love feeling him. you were watching him, but I announced. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. do you think about him? I think he's brilliant. Oh, I think what he's, an order and he's yeah, so great good. mind. Yeah, and he's so young. I know. Yeah. Anyway, but but he, I, <laughs> I love that you know him. Um, 
I think he was talking. He was he was bringing out this argument, which I thought was really good. That like ev- the, basically the causal argument, right? That everything has a cause. Everything, yeah, cause and effect. Right? Everything that has ever happened has had a cause. And if you trace it lo- back long enough, then you know everything has had a cause, and therefore ev- nothing just sort of happens out of free will, right? The, the the fact that we're here right now has had a cause. The fact that we met has had a cause. All those things had a cause, and never was there sort of like. Um, free will inserted, right? Where it could have gone a different way because everything had a cause. Right? I don't know if I'm. I don't know. No, no, I'm... you articulated that fine for me at least. Mm. Can you? Okay. Can you articulate it in a way where maybe the viewers can understand? No, I, I, I okay. think I. If I were a viewer, well, I am. <laughs> if I were a viewer, I think yeah. I would have understood that fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. If everything has a cause, in at what point did free will trip that wire? Right. It didn't. We inserted it as an idea. Hmm. And, not a reality. And the insertion, the insertion itself was not like by our free choice. It was because well, it, <laughs> well, that, there was right. a cause. Right? Well, and that too. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah. Right. Logically speaking, yeah, you would you would have to make that claim. I think, okay, I think what, one last thing maybe, um, well, even though I could talk about this all night if you wanted to, but um, the, the thing I think that when I talk about people that sort of, they seem to not really... Um, maybe understand or not grant me is they think when I when I say that like free will doesn't exist they think that like I'm saying we don't make choices yeah right yeah yeah people really don't like being told that there isn't free will right not, right not a fun thing to hear it yeah <laughs> at, at least initially uh, it's not empowering <laughs> it it really isn't no 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 no, no. um but we make choices. It's like it's like really important to clarify that like we make choices, right? We make the choice to like like I don't know, like clap or something, right? That's a choice that we make. But we don't. But we don't make the choice to make the choice. I I think someone once said like, and I posted this on. I made like a TikTok for my podcast, and I replied to this this video about free will. Um, and there's this quote that I brought up, and it's like. We we choose you choose what you do, but you can't choose what you want to do. Which I think is a really good articulation of, um, of sort of the free will argument. We make choices, right? We make the choice. Like, I'm picking up like my water bottle right now or something. Yeah, but who's we? But <laughs> our physical being does. Our neurons do. Mm-hmm. What is the what's the I? Because if there isn't free will. The, th- the I don't know how I don't know how that works. The I, yeah, no, mm. but I just don't know. Like, you're saying we make the choice, but we don't make the choice to make the yes. choice. I don't buy that. Really? I don't even know what that would mean. It means that we we okay experientially, right? It, it absolutely feels like we make choices experientially for sure. I'm on board with that, and I I do think we make choices, right? We like. But we just don't know. We don't make the like the why behind the choice. We don't make the choice to make the choice. Okay, so are you saying that we don't decide why we're choosing, but we do choose? Mm-hmm. What was that, your Apple Watch? I think so. That was a little scary. That's cool. Well, that made it in. I don't even know how I did that. But- I don't think I agree. Hmm. Um, I just don't see how we could separate those. Are you familiar with the thinker Jordan Peterson? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Jordan said something, uh, whenever he's asked about, you know, God, he'll say... (laughs) His answers are always so abstract. They're so (laughs) abstract. But watching him 
articulate his answer to that is exactly how I feel in this moment, which is, he says, I act as if God exists. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Right? And Mm -hmm. so, for me, I act as if I make the choice. It's you have it, no choice but to act as if you make that. Choice. Well, you maybe. I mean, you do, but if if you don't enact that choice, you're going to live in a form of nihilistic paralysis, which is also a choice. Yeah, yeah. Again, are we making it or yeah, not? No. We'll dive into a place where viewers will want to, you know, smash our heads. <laughs> I mean, I'll go there. But you know, it's yeah. like the that's why the free will conversation. It's either you you buy it or you don't, mm-hmm. and then if you don't, you're just going to. It's a circular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this, and this is why I love thinkers like Camus and the absurd, and, mm-hmm. and the absurdity is that how much absurdity is there in this contradiction mm-hmm. between the fact that there very likely isn't free will, <laughs> and I have to act as if there is in order to find meaning in life, to feel like I'm making the choice um, to get by, and how do I tell someone act as if you have free will and no, you don't? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I really, I really like that you brought up Jordan Peterson because I think the thing that he said, which I heard also, like he acts as if he believes God exists. Um, for personal experience, I, I think a lot of um, believers, religious people, they they are moral because they think God exists and because they believe in like an all-seeing God. And I think practically that's, um, I mean, that's awesome, right? I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's sort of, makes them act better than if they thought God wasn't there. Like the reality of if he exists or not doesn't really matter in that sort of little argument at least. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Three years ago, I would have like vehemently disagreed, which is like that cocky point that I was at, <laughs> yeah. right? Now I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, like I was like, no, it, the mechanism that gets you to morality matters. And if it's an irrational mechanism to morality, which they all are, if there's an irrational mechanism that gets you to morality, then it makes the morality not virtuous. Hmm. And I was completely off base on that, I think. And now I completely agree that, yeah, absolutely. If if an innocuous belief in, in yeah, in a, in a divine being makes you act more than beautiful. I think I agree. I think I disagree with myself a little, actually. I think I agree with the young Brandon a little bit. Really? Um, because if you base your whole morality on something that eventually maybe might not be true. Wow. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You could, I mean, there have been whole wars fought and like things that are what we seem deem wrong. But that have also justified good things. Right. right? Well, well, and that, right. And you... <laughs> You, in your framework, you had mentioned that it made people more moral. Mm-hmm. But yes, if if then from a utilitarian perspective, you were like, okay, well, it produced this much morality, but this much bad. Yes, then we have a, and which is that's reality. Then yeah. we then we would have a different conversation. But in the framework where okay, this belief only makes people more moral, mm-hmm. and there's no wars fought over it, seems like a no brainer to me. Sure, it's a good illusion, right? Like, but then yeah, if there's yeah, if, then if you have to weigh it, it's like. Mm. Okay, would I want would I want this belief here or not? Is that my decision to make? Can I even do I even have the uh, do I even have the um, permission to? Well, I do have the permission, but can I pontificate mm-hmm. on it? Mm-hmm. You know, I like the thought that like you have certain um, like guidelines that kind of you go by. Um, one of the things in Jordan Peterson's um, book Twelve Rules, Rules for Life. I don't know if you read it. I've read it a few times. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I read it once. Yeah, I read it last last winter. Um, 
I really liked it. Uh, one one of the rules was like, um, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Yes. And I thought that was so brilliant. Um, I think he goes to explain that to tell the truth, you have to know the truth. That's why he adds at least don't lie because oftentimes we don't know the truth. Like to, to claim to know the truth, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's this infinitely big statement. The truth is like so much, like <laughs> it's everything. Um, not everything is the truth, but the truth is everything. Um, yeah, right. I found it to be brilliant too. And that second part was brilliant. Yeah. I find it to be, do, do not intentionally deceive. Yeah. Is, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. negative way of putting it like to not, yeah. to what not to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you, you can't always tell the truth, but you can always be honest. Yes. Which honesty would be like saying, or I guess reflecting reality as you see it. Yes. Which might not be objectively true. But it, it, it's absolutely right. And, I and, think, and it could get lost in your words. Like you might not actually be communicating yeah. what is happening in your head, but you're, you're, you're doing what yeah. you think you can. Yeah. Yeah. But that's such a, I, I have found personally that like honest, like, you know, like honesty is a good policy or whatever is the best policy. The saying I found that to be so true. Like, yeah, just th those little things like give me sort of stillness when I contemplate like morality and is it objective or whatever, but like these little things of like, if you just, if you're just honest with yourself and people, you don't have to know all of the truth, but you can like take the things that you learn and you can take information and have it change your mind if you're honest. And that's like, I don't know. That's like a good way to live your life. Absolutely. If, if, there's, if, there's, if there's like one rule, I feel like it would be be honest. <laughs> so that that is my number for personally. That is my number one. Oh no way! Guiding principle. That's um, I think that's lovely. Yeah, it's Sam Harris's lying uh, book called Lying. Convince me on that. I haven't read it, but it's on my it's on my list. It was sound. I mean, you could there's arguments you could pose. Of of course, um, it's probably not as impenetrable as free will for me, but mm -hmm. yeah, pretty damn good. Uh, what, that, what, what, do you mind? Like, can you sort of? Um, I mean, he. Probably not well, but he, he basically uh, proclaims that there's no justifiable time to tell a lie, even in, which is probably one of the like go-to lines of, uh, of refutation on this, even in times of self-defense, right? So oh, really? if someone comes to the door and says, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so, um, you know, I'm going to hurt them. Are they in your house? Um, he may, he poses some kind really? of, yeah, yeah. Do you know what his argument is for that? Not well enough. Okay. Um, basically like, oh, you could deceive and they come back. I don't know. It was something. Oh, wow. It was a stretch, but I mean, he did it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I was listening to this other podcast called the, I think the, uh, Ben and Charlie podcast or something. Never. Um, heard. they're great. Um, they have this, this YouTube channel called Charisma on Command and, but they're, they're, that I've seen. their podcast is I love it more so. Um, but but they basically say like, okay, you know, let's be honest always. But if if you're like, if let's say if you're Nazi Germany, you're hiding a Jew. Nazis come to your door, ask if you have, if you're hiding a Jew, you're gonna lie. Well, and, and that was should. kind of within Sam's arguments, right? So I, from what I understand, the argument was that not to lie. See, I, I can't see how that would be. But yeah. I, I, and, I, I, and maybe I I'm getting that. his argument incorrect. That's what I extracted <laughs> from the book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I mean that's. That's a, that's a statement. <laughs> yeah, again, it might be yeah. incorrect, and yeah. I apologize, Sam, Absolutely. if I am. Um, yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. Good. Right. Yeah. But I did, again, I left that book cocky. I was like, oh, I'm convinced I th that's a new universal truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I love, like, 
friends of mine know like my, my favorite word is like nuance yeah it's my favorite word too oh shit yeah they know yeah. that about me too yeah are we are we in love brendan yeah i don't know <laughs> we're something describe love oh shit yeah stop <laughs> no but um nuance yeah nuance um Yeah, I don't even know where to go. But Jordan, okay. But the Jordan Peterson thing, like the rule that honesty, or at least not lying, that's so good. I think. Okay, I have my, I'm having a brain fart. Anyway, how does it smell? <laughs> Is it good? Oh yeah, I don't. Smell it, it smells really good. All right. You don't smell it? I don't smell it now. Because it was in your head. <laughs> Everything's in your head. No, not everything. What's not in your head? Uh, this, this coffee. How do you know? I don't. Exactly. But again, it's the it's the acting as if like the acting as if you know God exists. Like you I have act, to, I have um, to act like I know things. You know why? I don't. <laughs> it it allows me to uh, to have status. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, I can impress people. I can yeah. have expertise, right? Mm. Seem competent to but deliver you, services and goods. I, I like services and goods. I don't like when sh people shit just shit on capitalism. I think there's some real value there. You know? Yeah, I don't know enough about economics to critique or to, um, but it it uh, it has seemed to do some good things for me and others, and has seemed to uh, provide some bad outcomes for yeah. others more so than me. Yeah. Yeah. What are you political at all? No, no, intentionally um, so, or just probably it just doesn't really interest me, which I think is oh, a, it doesn't interest you not okay. at all. Oh, um, wow. just yeah. just policies, or or just or like does the philosophy of politics sort of not interest you? It, that, yes, and yes, oh, okay, yeah, mm. yeah, none of it does. Um, I haven't been inspired by anyone who has been in the American political uh, sphere. <laughs> um, I Honestly, I was, I, mean, I don't know how much I want to get into it. I was inspired uh, by the early campaign of Andrew Yang. Oh, Personally, yeah. just, I, I just found his personality intriguing. Mm -hmm. and I, I found his voice to be interesting. Beyond that, I, just, I, I haven't been really inspired by any modern day politicians and like just the, the thought patterns that politics asks mm. of individuals. Um, I've yeah. had a hard time relating to it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a serious fault of mine. Um, because I'm not as inclined to think in terms of policy and I'm more inclined uh, to think about like uh, what can we do to curate the landscape of our own minds, which goes to like the meditation part of me. And um, so I don't think in terms of um, what can we do to change structures and laws. Yeah. I think more in terms of how can we perceive the world differently. And I understand that if we only utilized my way of thinking that we wouldn't progress enough. Um, oh, wow. That's, but it, that's very humble of you. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I just yeah. know that. But I also like, I don't know what, like, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, does, and it's another question. Does everyone need to be interested in politics to a certain degree? I don't know. I'm just not. Sorry. Like, you know, so it's yeah. like, do people get angry at that? Yeah. I say, I don't know what to say. I'm just not. You want me to fake it? Like, like, like I said, there's no free will, mate. You can't choose what right, you're Yeah, right. Well, and if, man, if you go start using that as your argument for not doing things, yeah, good luck. Yeah, uh, no, yeah well, free will. That shouldn't be argument. It can't be. It couldn't. It should, yeah, okay. it I know it's, I know it's tongue in cheek. Uh, but I, I actually really like what you said. Um, and I, I, dude, Jordan Peterson is going to be brought up again here. Sorry if you don't like. I feel like a lot of there's some people don't like him. 
but it doesn't matter. Oh, many people don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do. It's fine. I'm declaring right now I do. I don't agree with everything that he says. Yeah. But there's this one thing he says that, um, he says like, what does he say? Get your own life in order before you criticize the world. Well, yeah. And what I said is very much Which Jordan is, would have applauded. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think there's, there's some real value to that. I think, um, I think a lot of times I see people, my friends on social media, myself probably like virtue signal certain things, um, about how the world should function while our own little lives we have <laughs> are in chaos. Um, while our own relationships are sort of breaking down, um, which doesn't seem like a healthy sort of way to live your life. No, and I do think there's a tendency psychologically to to project our own chaos onto the world and mm. to to uh, to approach bigger problems and not solve them, but go down trying rather than try and solve more solvable problems and mm. not solve them. Cause it's easier to fail at something that's more unreachable. Oh, um, psychologically. Right, yeah. Um, you know, I think Jordan is very right. I think the problem is, is that it needs nuance because, you know, we yeah. can, we can go spouting about individual responsibility we mm -hmm. want, which is really what I'm doing with the meditation is, you know, I don't, proclaim that my meditation practices spread universal love it's all about the individual person and then any person that they impact yeah so it is starting at the individual level mm -hmm. problem is okay am i going to tell people you know 50 let's say 50 people are um housed in a labor camp and i say to them you know uh get your house in order mm. right no we got to get them out of the labor camp mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so yeah that's a tough one and you know, you read something like Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, where he talks about his, you know, his life surviving the Holocaust. Mm. You yeah. can curate your inner landscape in a way to perceive even the worst of conditions in a way that makes you suffer less. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. What he did. And yeah. so, yes, you will always benefit from curating your inner landscape. And we need to strive to make the external conditions and the vessel for which each individual is housed in as as optimal for joy and 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 a lowering of suffering as possible so that's why i can't say that my view of you know pol politics doesn't interest me well mm. it's got to interest someone yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 you know what's going to heal the world dude you know what's going to heal the world what love you know yeah that's <laughs> unlikely <laughs> okay maybe love plus an inquiry for truth yeah. Um, curiosity would help a ton. Curiosity. Yeah. I was just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm banging on the table. That's okay. Let's go. I'm excited. You're allowed to um, bang on the table. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to my friends in the DMs, um, uh, about like, I, I posted this alien thing, right? That you responded to, like basically for those who didn't see, um, there was a study done, I think, I don't know, like 56% of Americans believe that there's like intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Um, and so I just asked like my followers, do you believe and why or why not? And anyway, this, this one friend responded, no. Um, and she seemed like really certain and, and, and back to certainty, I'm trying to get this back to certainty. Uh, I think like certainty is like the enemy of curiosity. Yeah. I would concur with that statement. And I think curiosity is, if there is such a thing as truth, <laughs> And curiosity would be it's the best way to it. 
Yeah, well, then if we got to it, curiosity would end, but it would be the, <laughs> it, w- it would be the medium in which we got mm-hmm. there, which is a good use for it. If truth exists, then I'd be grateful for curiosity getting us there. And if it doesn't, if 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 truth does truth doesn't exist, then then curiosity would be a great medium to um get us somewhere that is better, more productive. Yeah, healthier. it can either get, it can either one get us to a different place, kind of. I think what I said about uh, the act of disagreeing, mm-hmm. it could be just what it does neurologically to us. I just mm-hmm. think what it does is it, it just seems to bring us to a different pedestal. Mm-hmm of thinking it, yeah. it helps us carry ourselves in a different way it helps us interact with others differently yeah. and then yeah outcome wise yeah perhaps yeah. it did get us closer to truth with a capital t if it's yeah. not there it, yeah it moves us towards it do you know the, the show tat lasso on apple tv plus no if it blank, <laughs> it's with uh do you know about a show or have you seen blank it's usually no i do you're missing out yeah well i gotta miss out on something i want to take you to the movies all right it's gonna be a date i'm not gonna be super excited about it to be honest <laughs> Well, but I'll do it. I just killed the vibe. That's fine. <laughs> what, do want, what do you want me to say? Well, I'm real excited. Lie to me, man. No. Good. Good. Nope. Don't ever lie to me, Brennan. I don't think I will. Really? I don't think so, no. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, anyway, in the show at Ted Lasso, um, the, the guy says something really profound, which is, which is, I guess, I don't know if you should look for TV for meaning, but he says this really profound thing. He says, like, basically he was bullied as a kid. And he always asked himself, like, what was wrong with him? You know, what, why did those guys bully him as a kid? And then as an adult, he read this quote, which was like, oh, what was it? Um, basically that those guys that were bullying him, you can either be curious or judgmental, and they were judgmental. And so there was nothing wrong with him when he got bullied. The guys just weren't curious enough to ask him questions. Mm. They were judging him. And it, and it goes in the same line of thinking as what we what I just said earlier, I think, um, or you brought it up, I don't know, about uh, curiosity ver- versus um, certainty. Yep. It's in the same, like, judgment, just judging and certainty, which, you know, <laughs> weirdly, in a way, curiosity is judging, it's, right? <laughs> it is judging, and that's why, yeah, I'm not a fan of the uh, argument of the, you know, don't judge, don't judge. or there is yeah, no judging. Either. <laughs> yeah, it's just about uh, thoughtful judgment. Yes. Yeah. Judgment yeah. that is serving. And judgment that's coming from a place of like, the, I think the judgment that we rightfully condemn is the judgment that where it's like, we have a, we have a preconceived notion and everything that goes against it, we judge. Yeah, yeah, or for, yeah right. we're looking to get to a predetermined outcome right. of negativity, right. sure. Motivated reasoning, episode two of this podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, um, but right. the, what, okay, so what is the judgment we should we should be doing? What do you think, Brennan? Let's define that. Mm. Well, it can be critical. So it's not the it's not the it's not about positivity negativity, which I think I misarticulated just five seconds ago. Um, I don't know if I can articulate it yet. Okay. Um, it might be only something that I just do know how to do or not. Um, yeah, I think it's the kind that comes from a place of uh, of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Not of like emotional, mm-hmm. like maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a place that comes from a place of critical thinking, of curiosity. Yeah. 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 I think curiosity might be like a really good ingredient. Yeah. Cause you know, at, at some point, I don't know if it's Wittgenstein. Um, I think it is, but you, we reach a limit linguistically in being able to explain so, something. So 
like beyond saying curiosity, I don't know what else I can say. It's going to invent a new word here. Well, right. You know, <laughs> so words describe words describe words. Yeah. At what point do we let just embodied sentiments do the talking? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you can't hear what I'm thinking, but I know it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird how like sometimes you can't articulate something that you know? Yeah. Well, that. What's up with that? That to me is the most compelling argument for God. Really? Yeah. How so? Um, you know, if maybe divinity lives within us. Mm. Um, and I don't believe if there is something divine that we can articulate it. So to me, the inarticulatable is what divine would be. Wow. Yeah. Or maybe we're just stupid enough to articulate. And maybe we're what? We're just stupid enough to articulate our thoughts. Stupid enough to articulate our thoughts? To not, to not. Oh, to not. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, maybe we're just, yeah, yeah. maybe we like Okay, the, that's the really interesting though. Wow. What were you saying a second ago? I was I was I was trying to say something. What were you talking about? Who knows? Doesn't matter, right? Probably we're, not. We're in the present. I don't know about that. Oh yeah. What do you think about like? Oh, what do you think about like? Um, have you heard of this idea that basically there's different theories about what time is? Yes. There's this. I think it's the block theory or something. I'm, I might be getting this wrong. But I read. I started like a bunch of books on time, and mm -hmm. then like I haven't finished any of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't have the time to finish them. No, I had the time. They're just okay. they're really interesting and like really dense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, like one of the theories is that time is just how we experience it. Right? It's yeah. linear. There's the past, which is in the past; the future, which is in the future, and now is now. Yes. You know. Um, and then there's this theory that all the time is at once. Basic, and we really good way to think about it is, I think, is um, I read in in a book by Annika Harris about consciousness. Yeah, yeah, I know what book you're talking about. Oh yeah, you it, read it. I've read the first half. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah. uh, basically, if we think about like the Earth, right? All of the places exist at the same time, right? China is right now, Germany is right now, but we're just right now. We're just in Michigan. We can only experience Michigan, but all the things are, yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. We we think we think yeah. It, it it's definitely is doing a good job at appearing to be. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a really good reason to think that it is. Yes. Which is a good way to go about life, you know. I, there's good evidence for something, you should go with it. Probably. Sure, sure. But but to think about time in that way is really trippy. Yeah, our I brain, understand our it conceptually, it. but I don't understand it. No, we, well, we can't. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And again, those are the like act as if things, right? It, it really doesn't matter in a way. Well, it doesn't matter. I call it mental masturbation. Like <laughs> that, and I love it. I mean, it's like it feels great, and like it's healthy. I, I believe even we go in a whole, you know, do you think masturbation is healthy? But, you know, like when I'll go off about the simulation hypothesis or any of this, a mm -hmm. lot of this stuff yeah. um, that, you know, like when we're talking about morality, those seem to have a little bit more of, of an actual impact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think it's still necessary. And I think that's the beauty of philosophical contemplation. Is there's agree. a release valve there um, of speculating, of pontificating. Mm. Um, the act of philosophizing is more impactful than the answer that you come to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions are more important than answers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thinking, critical thinking is more important than than going to an outcome, um, mm -hmm. which is the same way I feel about meditation. The, the act of meditating is much more important than the outcome of the meditation because it's the rewiring of the neurons. Philosophical contemplation is rewiring your neurons too, you know? Yeah. Um, the outcome will be what the outcome is. Dude, again, <laughs> Jordan Peterson for the fifth time, one of the things he says is that enlightenment is sort of, it's a process. It's not a state that you reach. It's a process. 
which I thought was really brilliant. I don't, I don't really, I don't believe in enlightenment in, in this sort of spiritual sense, but I believe that you can. I believe that the process of inquiring and curiosity, um, I guess, is as close as enlightenment that there is. Probably, I don't think it's like a thing that you can reach. I don't think so. Right? I don't think so. I mean, there have been people figures who have reported pretty transcendent experiences sure. but, but people have reported all kinds of things yeah so i don't you know <laughs> I don't put much stock into yeah. you know what i haven't experienced which is a little bit egotistical of me but what else am i supposed to do hey, we all do it i, I don't it's yeah, all we can do yeah i don't really right. want to yeah. yeah okay can you talk a little bit about like your meditation um practice if you want to yeah what about it okay like how did it come into being? What is it? What type of meditation is it? It was a response to my own neurosis. I was like 20 years old at the University of Michigan. There was this woman teaching something you go called... To, you, go, you went to U of M? I went to University of Michigan for undergrad and Hofstra University on Long Island for a year of graduate school hmm. and a PhD in clinical you, psych program. Do? At Michigan? Yeah, yeah. I studied a bachelor's in psychology and then I minored in business and minored in music. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What'd you go to grad school for? A PhD in clinical psychology. Okay. Dropped yeah. out after yeah. getting my master's. Okay. Um, so yeah, she was teaching this class called contemplative practices, which is really just meditation, journaling and walking meditation. Mm. Um, I don't really know what kind it was. It was mantra based. So I think it was like informed from transcendental mm -hmm. traditions. Um, but I've never really known what type of meditation I was practicing or teaching. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the way I kind of like teach it is just a kind of like a, a combination of different things that Martha, my teacher taught me and things I've read in books mm -hmm. and they just seem to have quote worked, whatever worked means per provided an outcome that is favorable yeah, yeah. for people experientially and psychologically um, in their lives. Um, so yeah, um, I started a business teaching meditation where I lead people in hour-long sessions, uh, companies, nonprofits. I've worked with combat vets. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I've, I've probably meditated with 10,000 plus people now. Wow. Um, I've really meditated with a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, we do like journaling practices, guided meditation, and then group conversation at the end. Because I'm a big believer that meditation loosens up the cogs to then be able to uh, extemporaneously speak whatever needs to be spoken. Can you, I'm sure there's like some people who don't, who have like a preconceived notion of what meditation is. It's Great. like this weird Eastern thing that they don't have any connection to. Yeah. Can you describe like what you actually do? Yeah. I mean, what I believe meditation to be is just a, uh, it's a focus on the breath. Mm -hmm. um, so the mind is an analytical tool mm -hmm. so you might notice the breath and then be like okay it's fast okay it's slow or i might see this foam that's on the wall and be like that's mm -hmm. you know i can so, so there's noticing the foam then there's analysis of the foam mm -hmm. right so the idea of meditation is to remain on the noticing the observing part verb not the judging yeah no judging no analyzing no pontificating now, there is the philosophical definition of meditation, like the Descartes meditations, where you're, you're actually, the meditation is to meditate on something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, different. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like in, in a Christian context, a lot of the time, that's like meditate on this verse or whatever you, yes, you may have. exactly. It's very common in prayer. It feels as though we should have a different word, shouldn't it? Uh, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. it does feel that way. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but yeah, the practice of meditation is just noticing the breath. So anything I do is just helping people do that, whether it's a breathing exercise, whether I give them a mantra to repeat as they're breathing in and out. It's all a trick, uh, a mind trick, to yeah. like commit to noticing the breath, noticing that you're breathing. Mm. Um, that's it. It's just noticing what's already happening. Can you talk to some of like the benefits of it? Mm, I'd rather people experience it. Okay. But I mean... 
the the one benefit I'll share is it rewires your relationship to your thoughts. Mm. And so if you have a antagonistic relationship with your thoughts, it might ease that up. Um, yeah. Where do you teach it? Um, right now I have like a virtual community online. So I do like a monthly subscription. You can come three times a week to like do group meditation. Um, that's the only place where I'm doing like for people just come publicly mm-hmm. right now. Um, I'll occasionally lead like nature based camping retreats cause I love camping and I have experience in the outdoors and leading trips. Um, and then I do like private workshops for businesses, religious congregations. I do a lot of Jewish meditation. Oh yeah. Really? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have other like religious folks coming to you? I've never worked with any faith tradition other than Jewish in this uh, realm of meditation. I've had re- religious folks come to my meditation mm-hmm. and like do their own prayer as their mantra. Oh, wow. But I've never led a faith-based tradition other than Jewish. Do you want to plug your website or something? Uh, WiseMindGentleSoul.com or WMGSMeditation.com. So the meditation, best to go to WMGSMeditation.com. And for anything podcast studios is WMGSStudios.com. I use the brand name Wise Mind Gentle Soul for both the meditation and the studio. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, but you're you're like producing. Did we talk about this? No. I mean, we said we were in my space. We alluded right. to it, but we didn't say okay. what that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now we're in Brandon's space. He has this beautiful setup. Um and you're actually just started this podcasting, I guess, business, right? You just you're wanting to be a producer. Yep. And what do you want people to know? Um, if they want, if they want to be a creative who doesn't have to focus on setting up, tearing down gear, editing, and distributing, um, that I will work alongside them to basically make sure that their show is as good as it can look and sound. Um, and that it's distributed to people and that all you have to do is, uh, show up, prepare, show up yeah. and, uh, you know, I'll offer as much. My mantra is I keep my mouth shut until I'm told to open it. So in terms <laughs> of creative direction. So if you want creative yeah. direction, I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm not trying to like make your podcast, my podcast. Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, help people be heard with good quality. Microphones at the end of the day are just like the digital set of ears and you don't want to like pour rainwater in people's ears. Um, it's just not a, like a good way to, uh, it's not a good way to interact with your listener. And so I understand that these things require budget. And like for me to say that like everyone needs to have good quality is obviously like not taking into account the budget. Yeah. But uh, I hate to say it, but like there's too much content out there for me to listen to stuff with rainwater in my ears. So I'll just find stuff that is pleasant to listen to. Yeah. You know, that's just that. me. But I'm also like a nitpicky producer, whereas like a lot of people will just listen to whatever, you know, mm. so teach their own. Dude, I got to say, I love, I love like the, I love like the voice Hearing like you and me in the ear, it's so weird. It's like a really weird thing if you haven't done it before because it's just so isolated. All you hear is just the voice in like this really crisp sort of way. I love it. I love it. So some people can't stand it. Really? Very uncomfortable by it. Do you have people who like just take them off and just talk into mic? Absolutely. Um, I just, you know, especially when you have, if you have, if you're doing a solo show, it doesn't really matter. Right. But for us to be able to like hear like just you. the tone of the voice. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's better because we're hearing how people are going to hear it. Yeah. yeah you yeah, could yeah. make an argument, well, no, they should be hearing how they sound together so that it's more natural. Whatever. I like hearing how it's going <laughs> to sound. This is what people are going to hear. It's so crisp. Yeah, I mean, right. This isn't just a conversation yeah. for us. Likely people are going to actually take time to hear how we conversed with one another. So there's this moment now, and then this is going to live a long, as long as digital files live. Oh, um, yeah. And so we want it to... That's we want it, people to mm-hmm. feel like they were here. Mm. They're not here. But the best way to make them feel like they're here is by you know giving them the sound as if they're here. 
That's the philosophy of producing right here by yeah. Brandon Klein. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay, if you had one message or like thing, anything you want to say to like my three listeners, what would it what would it be? Anything, and you can take your time, man. I'm gonna sip on my. What is this, by the way? Cold brew. Cold brew and oat milk. Oh yeah, Brandon made me this cold brew with oat milk. It's pretty. By the way, I don't like coffee, but this is really good. Why did you drink it? Why did you say yes? Because I, I wanted it. It's good. Like, oh. legit. I'm not lying. But you know, but why did you accept my coffee if you didn't like coffee? See, that's a deep question, Brandon. Okay. What message? I'm glad. Li- listen, I, I'm glad I did. Okay. All right. What <laughs> message would I give everyone? Um. Add. Uh, <sighs> um. Don't. Okay. Okay. Uh, one one serious statement and one like, one 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 like. Um. Okay. Um. The fate of the world's in your hands. Definitely. Brandon. If you're peeing a lot at night, don't wait too long before trying a Z pack. Um. I have waited too long. Um. I think that's happening to me right now. I might have a bladder infection. <laughs> and then number two. Um, inject unexpected uh, tones and sentiments into conversation. I think it makes them more fun. I love that. Um, yeah, that's it. You should have told me that before we started recording, man. No, 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 no. No, we did fine. We did fine without my sage advice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on. Um, I, we've only talked like three times or something. Right, ever? Yeah, like, and I'd say two of those times were like 25% of that time because we were either in like a loud venue yeah. or, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, feel like I, I feel like I know you like a little bit. I feel like I've known you for longer than I yes, have. Yes, I feel the same way. That happens from time to time, just, yeah, whether it's a soul thing or a personality thing or a mind thing, that can happen when you come across yeah. other people. So anyway, I'm really glad you came on. I'm really glad you hosted me here. Thanks for the cold, thanks for the cold brew. Um... You plug your website, but can people find you on like Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that? You want to plug that? Sure. Yeah. Instagram is where I post most of the sense mm-hmm. and the nonsense. Um, at I am Brandon Klein. My name's Brandon Klein. And I say I am because um, first person kind of thing. <laughs> and then um, at WMGS Meditation, if you want to see someone uh, talk about meditation. And then at WMGS Studios. Uh, if you want to see some of the shows that are coming through here, um, I kind of think of the studio as like a podcast label meets podcast studio. Um, so I, it's like a family here. So I promote any shows that are you know going to be on here. I, this episode, I'm totally going to be sharing on the page. So if you're interested in just seeing different kinds of content and also someone nerd out over gear, uh, that 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 channel will do that for you. I have a YouTube channel as well. Just search Wise Mind Gentle Soul. And then if you want to see some old cover videos that I used to do as a oh, young yeah. kid, Brandon Klein, you, maybe you'll find some stuff. And there is a long lost video somewhere. It's not under Brandon Klein. You'd have to know the band name. But I used to be in an old punk rock band at the age of 13. And there is a, 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 an original song called Life Goes On. Um, 13 years ago, I was the lead singer. And uh, that was not because I had good vocals. It was because I was willing to do it. If someone can send me that video, I'll give a Venmo you five bucks. That's a that's hef- a promise. That's a hefty proposition. It can't I, come from you. I'm going to tell you in advance. It's not worth your time because <laughs> it'll take some time to find it. Okay, that is such a pleasure, Brandon. Thank you. Pleasure is reciprocated. Yes, sir. Onwards. <laughs>